0: This week we're looking at uh, Acts chapter two. If you'll go ahead and turn there, uh, Acts chapter two. We're going to look at verses fourteen through twenty-one this morning. Acts chapter two, verses fourteen through twenty-one. It says this: But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, "Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem." Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even all my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, I want to review for you uh, just briefly um, what we've been talking about the last few weeks and uh, we are going through a series through the book of Acts, and, and as you can see, we're in the second chapter. But uh, just a few weeks back, we talked about a passage in the first chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says, uh, You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the, to the, ends of the earth. And so he's preparing the disciples and telling them the Holy Spirit's going to come. And when he does, you're going to receive power. And when you receive power, you're going to be my witnesses, not just here, not just in your house, not just in your little neighborhood, but everywhere. You're going to be my witnesses from here to the ends of the earth. You're going to be my witnesses. And then last week we talked about um, in, in uh, the beginning of chapter two, the fulfillment of what Jesus promised the Holy Spirit coming, and so the Holy Spirit comes and falls on all 120 believers that are gathered together, and the result of that is amazing. They start um, worshiping God, praising God. It says that they're telling the marvelous works of God, and they're not just talking about the marvelous works of God. We talked about last week. They're telling these things in languages that they can't speak. Uh, In fact, there's people from all these different languages who have gathered. They hear this sound. They gather together, and they're like, Freaking out a little bit, it says they're astonished, they're amazed, they're they're perplexed, because they're gathered together and they hear these people telling in their own native language the marvelous works of God. So God get, does this miracle, and we talked about last week how that miracle was really fulfilling the promise that He made in Acts one eight, where He said, "You're going to receive power," and the power was was totally shown through the fact that they're speaking languages that they didn't even know before, and then. That, that power was to, to show that the, the gospel was going to be taken to the ends of the earth. And so here, God shows His power by having them speak languages that they didn't speak that represented languages around the world. And so it's just God showing, listen, what I said was going to happen, where well, you're going to receive power, and the fact that that's going to lead to evangelism going and my name being taken all around the world. I'm just showing you that. I'm giving a picture of that. Well, you can imagine if you were a part of the group that kind of gathered together and, and was, eavesdropping in on what's being said you'd be a little freaked out right Uh, if you just kind of uh, gathered into a group that you knew didn't know your own language or any of the other languages and they're speaking those languages it would kind of bring some weirdness to the situation that's kind of what's happened that's where we're picking up the passage today Uh, actually the last verse that we talked about last week uh, last two verses it says, All were amazed and perplexed, as we can imagine, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They're filled with new wine. So we got two responses. We're coming off of last week where we've got two groups of people. We got the one group that's just like, Man, this is crazy stuff. It must be from God. Let's look into this some more. And then the other group is just like I don't have anything to do with this. They start mocking and saying these guys are just drunk and uh, they're just out of their mind. And so Peter, in response to that, stands up, lifts his voice, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. He starts to address uh, this group of people, and and uh, and so what I want um, this morning is we as we look at um, what is known as. Um, th- peter's sermon at pentecost what we're going to look at today is is actually just the introduction to this sermon his sermon um the introduction of his sermon uh at at pentecost and what i want us to walk away from today is really examining ourselves uh we talked about the holy spirit last week and we talked about the the power of the holy spirit and the working of the holy spirit and the fruit of the holy spirit and what i want us to walk away from today is is asking two questions really examining ourselves and asking first of all man are we a spirit-filled church and secondly, honestly examining yourself and asking yourself, am I a spirit-filled person? Uh, and that's the questions I really want us to leave with this morning. But um, let's get into what Peter's saying here, okay? In verse 14, it says Peter stands up and uh, you've got this, this kind of mess of this people that are watching where you've got half of them are just like amazed and, and looking into these things and the other half that are just confused and they're like, no, I don't have any part of that. And probably Peter has heard the, they're just drunk. And so he stands up and he's going to address uh, the people. And, and obviously he's going to have to lift his voice up. That's what it says, Lifted up his voice and address them. It said, men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Um, he says, listen, in other words, these these guys aren't drunk like you're saying they're drunk and, and uh and he says, it's all, when it says it's only the um, third hour of the day, they started the day at 6 a.m. That's when they started counting time. So when they say it's the third hour of the day, it's 9 a.m. And so Peter's saying, listen, these men aren't drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. And even drunks aren't drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning. And so it's not what you think it is. And then he goes in to explain what in the world is going on in this last section. And he says this, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And that's important, okay? Um, That word this is important here. Because what he's saying is everything that you're seeing, what you're seeing take place, the things that are amazing you, the things that are perplexing you, the things that are confusing you, these things are the things that Joel, a prophet who lived hundreds of years before, these are the things that God spoke through the prophet joel and said we're going to take place the things that you're seeing are things that were written about hundreds of years before where god said i'm going to do something and this is what you're seeing take place right now okay and so this is what he explains he begins to quote um joel and and if you want to look it up it's it's uh, in joel chapter 2 verses 28 through 32 you can do that um sometime later but this is a prophecy that joel made uh, hundreds of years before and peter's just saying listen what you're seeing is just the fulfillment of what god has promised not just days before not just when jesus said the spirit's going to come on you you're going to receive power and you're going to be my witnesses no this is a promise that was made hundreds of years before where god said my spirit's going to be poured out and some crazy things are going to take place and you're going to see the gospel go all over the place and so uh peter begins to quote joel in verse 17 and he says this in the last days it shall be god declares that i will pour out my spirit on all flesh i want to stop and, and focus on um, two words before we get into everything that joel and, and peter are saying here if you look in joel it doesn't say god declares okay peter has added that um, and he's doing two things here okay first of all he's affirming that scripture is from God. OK, the Old Testament, the scriptures that he's quoting, he's saying this is not stuff that's just made up by Joel. This is not stuff that's just made up by Isaiah or whatever the prophet is. This is stuff that's spoken by God. And God spoke to us and gave us words hundreds of years before that were going to take place. He gave us those words about Jesus. He gave us those words about this time. He gave us those words about what's to come in the future, in the end of, of, of things, But he's referring to this, and he says, um, God spoke beforehand. And so the first thing he's doing is affirming that Scripture is spoken by God. And that's God declares. And then the second thing he's doing, and and, um, this is very important, is he's ascribing everything. All these miraculous things they're seeing, he's ascribing to God, not to himself. He doesn't get, he doesn't even stop to 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 get any attention for himself or to take any credit for himself immediately. The first thing that Peter does is says, no, 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 no. Everything you're seeing, everything you're seeing is from God. It's not us. We're not drunk and we're not special. It's just God. It's something God promised he was going to do. And he poured out his spirit. And so he's attributing right from the beginning to god god declared this was going to happen god said this is going to happen and it's from god it's not from us It's nothing special that we can do uh, i was listening this week um francis chan who's the pastor of cornerstone community church in simi valley california which is the church that this church came out of is doing a series on the holy spirit and uh i was listening to to that this week and uh he actually referred to the passage we talked about last week last week and so um I was listening to that and and interested to see uh, how much of a better job he did and uh, always interested in that and just he's phenomenal. So but I was listening to it. He's talking about how the disciples and the followers are speaking in these known languages and how people are listening and they're just perplexed. I mean, they're just amazed. And he said this. That's how it is with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit does something, you our response is just no way it's not explainable. And I love when he said this. It's not something that can be mimicked. It's not something that can be mimicked. It's not something that you can just teach someone else how to do this. It's not something that you can just say, well, you can learn it, too, or you can do this, too. Or, No, no, no. If God does it, if the Holy Spirit does it, it's from God. And people respond the same way that these people responded you're just overwhelmed they're just perplexed they're just amazed they're just astounded and that's the way it is with the holy spirit and we can't lower the holy spirit by saying it's something we can do or something we can copy or something. it's not at all god did an amazing work and we just stand back and say god is amazing and that's what peter's doing he's giving glory and attention and praise to god for the things that god did and so here's this uh, incredible miracle. And, and some of the people are, are astounded and, and amazed and interested. But you've got this group that, that's saying there's this just drunk. And, and uh, Peter responds to say, no, no, no. What you're seeing here, what you're seeing taking place is actually what Joel said was going to take place hundreds of years before. And it's coming true uh, in front of you. And so in verse 17, he says, in the last days, it shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I really want to spend a lot of our time on the first half of that verse um, because it's hugely important to us. Uh, And and, and just starting with this, in the last days, uh, what Peter's saying is he's talking about the present for himself. He's referring to the time that he's living in. Um, Peter's referring to where he's at right then. Now, we look at that and we think, no, that's 2,000 years ago. And so how can that be the last days? Because that's 2,000 years ago. But the truth is, the last days for the history of the earth started what we talked about last week. When the Holy Spirit came, that was the beginning of the last days on earth. Um, That was the beginning of the church age. And at the fulfillment of that, at the end of that period, is it. Uh, the next big thing that's going to take place in, in God's spectrum of thinking is the coming of Christ. And that's the next big thing. And that's the close of this age and the beginning of, of eternity. And so what Peter's referring to is we are in the last days. They were in the last days then and we're in the last days now. There's a couple of passages that um, confirm what Peter's saying. In 1 John 2 verse 18, John writes and he says, Children, it is the last hour First uh, Peter 1 20 says he was foreknown before the foundation of the world talking about Christ. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake. And Hebrews 1 verse 2 says, but in, the, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And so Peter and, and these other writers are, are, are saying we are in we are now in the last days. We don't know how long they're going to last. And some of us can look and say, man, how we say last days draw out for two thousand years? That doesn't make sense. That's not a new argument. <laughs> That's an argument that was being made in the New Testament times. If you go to um, uh, Second Peter, chapter three, verse eight. In Second Peter, chapter three, verse eight. says but do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day the lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance this has been a question that people have been asking for two thousand years when is god going to come back isn't he taken too long? If he said this is the last days, then shouldn't it have happened already? Or It's not slow to God. And, and what, what Peter is saying there is a thousand years to God is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. He doesn't work on a clock like we work. He doesn't need to work. He, he surpasses time, and he surpasses our understanding. He doesn't need to work on that kind of a system. And so what we learn from the Bible is we are in the last days and so Peter says in the last days, what's going to happen is, um, quoting Joel, he says, my, I'm going to pour my spirit on all flesh. And, and it's interesting as, as Peter grasps this idea of being in the last days. And we know from last week he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus promised when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to receive power. And, and, and the combination of these two things, he's being driven to more than just complacency. I, I mean, here's Peter who... Weeks earlier and months earlier, um, someone came up to him and said, Do you hang out with Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Aren't you one of the disciples, one of the followers of Jesus? He's like, No, it's not. I'm, I don't have any part of this guy. I, I'm not associated with him and in fear denied the fact that he even knows Jesus. Now he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he has this perspective that we are in the last days. We don't know how many days that's going to add up to. We don't know how long it's going to go. But we're in the last days and in power, driven by the Holy Spirit and driven by this mindset of, man, people got to know. He starts to teach people. He starts to stand up. Now, how many of us, how many of us, if we're in the same circumstance where we're doing things for God and we're living for God and and we are living by his Holy Spirit or whatever. And we've got people coming from the outside and, and criticizing us. These guys are crazy. What you're doing is stupid. What you're doing is a waste of time. What you're doing is this. What you're... And, and criticizing. How many of us would just blow that off and just say, well, that's the world. They're going to criticize. They don't understand. They're do... And Peter, in the midst of that, stands up and speaks to tell the truth so that they, too, would know what is going on and why are these people. And what we're going to see is this sermon as it plays out. It's Peter who has the boldness to say, man... What you're seeing is not craziness, it's not drunkenness. This is what God promised was going to happen. And God's spirit has come to dwell with men. And not just that, but we are in the last days. And if we don't get things right, if we don't repent, we're going to be lost. And here's Peter who has the boldness and the and the courage who didn't have that before, has the boldness and the courage and, and, and the love for people to stand up and address it. And so he says... Uh, in verse 17, again, it says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. So that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. We talked about last week a passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, where uh, Paul is writing, he says, Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the point of God pouring out his Spirit. He didn't just spill it, okay? He's pouring it into the lives of those who follow him. He is pouring it to direct and guide and lead those who are following God. And so he sends what he referred to, what Jesus referred to as his helper, as our helper. And he pours that out so that we will be filled and directed and guided and empowered by God. That's what the Holy Spirit is. And when he pours it out, he pours it out into the life of the believer so that we will be empowered by God, not by our flesh, not by who we are. And so Peter and Joel are saying in the last days, that's what's going to happen. God's going to pour out his spirit. And in these next verses, what, what Peter does is, um, as he's quoting Joel, is, is he talks about in this prophecy that there's some things that are going to take place after the Holy Spirit is poured out. And uh, a couple of things that, that he says. First of all, um, he says it's going to be for all flesh. It's going to be for all types of people. It's not going to be for just the Jews. It's not going to be just for the Gentiles. It's for all people, whether they're poor, whether they're rich, whether they're English speaking, whether they're not English speaking. God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit and I'm going to pour it out on all flesh, on all people. And then he goes on and he says uh, two things that you're going to see happen. The people are going to prophesy. When when, when God's Spirit comes, then people are going to prophesy. I want to clear something up, okay? Uh, Because prophecy, when it's talked about in the New Testament here, is not fortune-telling. It's not telling the future. Um, It's not talking about things to come. It's, it's, It's not that at all. What it is is exactly what we saw happen in fulfillment of the Holy Spirit coming last week. What happened when the Spirit came and filled people? They began to prophesy. And that's described as telling the mighty works of God. Prophecy is simply being filled and directed by the spirit and telling the mighty works of God. It's proclaiming God's word. It's proclaiming about God. It's not telling the future and being able to tell someone what's going to happen here or what's going to happen here. In fact, there's a passage in Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one uh, Verses one and two, where it says long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Prophets are the ones who spoke and wrote most of the Old Testament. Okay, Um, and so you've got these prophets in the Old Testament who are saying things that are going to happen hundreds of years later, talking about Christ coming, talking about him dying, talking about him rising again, talking about the Holy Spirit coming, talking about the end days. And so God's speaking through them and telling things they're going to come. But in verse two, it says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. So in former days in, in, in previous days, God spoke through prophets. Now he's given us Christ, the word of God, and he has spoken and is speaking to us through Christ and through his word okay and so it's not this idea of um god's spirit's going to be poured out and then all of a sudden the church is going to be full of all these these fortune tellers it's not that at all it's we're going to be so filled with god's spirit that we're going to joyfully want to tell of the mighty works of god we're going to joyfully want to tell other people and be able to tell other people we're going to be uh have the boldness to tell other people of the mighty works of god that he's doing in our life through our life Around our life and other people, and we're going to declare God's word to other people, and that's what prophecy is. It's not just speaking and saying I have a word from the Lord. It's saying I have God's word, and I want to share it with you. I want to teach it to you. I want to proclaim it to you. I want to tell it to you, because He's given it to us for that purpose. And so He says that in in the last days, His Spirit's going to be uh, poured out, and and uh, it's going to be for all flesh. People are going to prophesy. And then the third thing it says is they'll have dreams and visions. They have dreams and visions. Two things I wanna I wanna say about this. Okay, first of all, I wanna quote um, John Piper because I think it has value when it talks about this this idea of um, where Peter and Joel are saying that the, uh, young men are gonna have visions, old men are gonna dream dreams. But Piper writes this. He says when Joel and Peter say that the young men will see visions and the old men will dream dreams, this is what they have in mind. Dreams and visions about the spread of the kingdom of God until all flesh is reached. One strong evidence for this is that in the rest of the book of Acts, all the dreams and visions are given for missionary strategy and missionary motivation. Ananias in Acts 9 has a vision to go commission Paul for his great missionary work. Peter in Acts 10 has a vision to carry the gospel and the spirit to the Gentiles in Cornelius's house. And Paul in Acts 16 has a vision of Europeans saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And so if you look at the examples of dreams and visions that happen in the rest of Acts, it all has one purpose, which is exactly what Jesus said was going to happen in Acts 1.8. It all has to do with the spread of the gospel around the world. Now, the second thing I want to comment is this. I do think that people who are very close to God sometimes... God can and sometimes God will speak to them in other ways, okay, and, 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 and lead them in other ways, all right? I don't think that's the norm, and I don't think that everyone is a part of that, and I certainly don't think it's something that we seek after. God has given us his word. He's given us his word, and these visions and these prophecies that were happening, um, or these visions and these dreams that are happening in the New Testament, was in a time where God's word was not completed, God's word was not finished, and so there was an absolute need for God to speak to people in different ways. Now he's given us Christ, and he's given us his word. And so I want us to be careful with that, because we hear things like that in church, and guess what our mind drifts to? Well, that's what I want. I don't want to just sit in a chair. I don't want to just sing songs. I don't want to just, I want the big stuff. I want to be a part of the real stuff. I mean, that's, that's what, you, you look at the, the letters to the church in Corinth. That's what they're dealing with is, is they're one of the real big exciting stuff. And here's the thing. God is exciting and his word is exciting. And we never, ever, 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 ever seek these signs and, and miraculous things. We seek God. We seek God. And So I want us to be careful of that, that we don't go looking for the dreams. We don't go looking for the visions because um, one of the things that we we get caught up in and and uh, I think we all get caught up in this. I get caught up in it. Is we we start asking questions, especially when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Specifically, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we ask questions, right? Well, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And what does it not mean? Uh, what 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 are we talking about in the Bible that I don't have to and won't do if it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit? Or what will I do if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? What's it going to make me do? Like, what's going to happen if I'm really filled with the Holy Spirit? What's going to happen? Or, or what's going to happen to other people if I get filled with the Spirit? What are they going to say? And, and we start asking questions. We start evaluating what does happen, what doesn't happen. And, and here's my question this morning, okay? Why do you want to know? Honestly, why do you want to know what is going to happen if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Legitimately, why do you want to know? And here's my second question is, is it so that you can decide if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Is it so that we can decide if this is truly something we want? I mean, that's something. Here's the thing. We're commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know myself, every time we start talking about it, man, I have to sit down. I have to start thinking, man, is it going to mean this? Is it going to look like this? Is it going to be this? Is it, why do I want to know? Am I evaluating what's going to happen so I can decide if I want to obey the commandment to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Is that what I want to know? Because here's my prayer for myself right now. This is what I'm praying for myself. God, I do not know all that's going to entail in being filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I don't know all that's going to mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I know I love you. And God, I want you. And I want more of you. And I want to love you more. And I want to live for you more. And I want to talk about you more. And I want to be bold about you more. And I want you. And so I want your Holy Spirit. And I want your Holy Spirit to fill me. And I want it to guide me. And I want it to lead me. And I want it to direct me. And I want to love you more because of it. That's my prayer for you is that we would kind of quit. and listen, okay? I'm not telling you that we don't examine the spirits. I'm just telling you that we've got to want God. We've got to want God more than anything else. We've got to stop thinking about the stuff, and, and maybe I'll get to do that, or maybe I'll be able to do that, or maybe I, if we're thinking maybe I'll be able to, then God is not the treasure of us wanting the Holy Spirit. God has got to be our treasure. The Holy Spirit is God. And the whole reason that we want the Holy Spirit is because it's God. And I want the Holy Spirit to fill me and guide me because it's God. And I've tasted God. I have a friend. Um, his name's Jay Pearson. Jay played in uh, the band in California. And uh, Jay and myself and two other guys would often go to, uh, we would sneak off for lunch and, and go to this little town called somas little mexican town they had this hidden mexican restaurant in there and man i could preach a sermon on their burritos like it, they were so good and so as often as we could the four of us would just sneak off and we go and get these burritos and then like after the first or second time we went we started um we'd be totally full afterwards but it's a half an hour drive back and so we're like we get to see me we'll stop at dairy queen and so we start going to Dairy Queen every single time. It's just a tradition. We would go and then we come back and we swing in and we stop at Dairy Queen. Well, like the second or third time we go to Dairy Queen, we're all getting these big ice creams or eating them. The second or third time we go to Dairy Queen, Jay says, "I'm lactose intolerant." And so I find out literally Jay is ruined every time after we go to Dairy Queen. And I'm like, "What are you doing? We don't have to go here." Like this isn't where we have to stop. This wasn't like a required thing. Why are you doing this? And he's just like, I love ice cream, and I don't care about the consequences. I just love it, and I'll deal with the consequences. I just want it in me. And I'm just like, all right, I like ice cream too, and it doesn't bother me, so let's have it. But here's the thing. I was thinking about that this week, and I really think we are not as reckless when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And again, I want to use that word cautiously because I think that there are Christians who are way too reckless with the Holy Spirit. When I say reckless, I don't mean um, legitimate and I don't mean uh, seeking what God says that the Holy Spirit is. Okay? what I'm saying is we're so cautious because we're concerned with what the byproduct is. And here's the thing. If being filled with the Holy Spirit brings more persecution into my life. I've tasted and I've seen that God is good and it's worth it. I don't care. I don't care what it brings about. I just want God. I just want God and I want to love him and I want to live for him and I want to follow him all the days of my life. And when he says keep keeping filled with the Holy Spirit, then my job is, God, I want you. I love you. I want to know you more. I want to serve you more and I want to love you more. And so I want your Holy Spirit. He finishes off the passage and. uh, Verses 19 through 21, real briefly here, it says, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. Joel is talking about um, the end times. There are other passages in the Bible that talk about these same kinds of pictures when Christ is coming back and the moon is turned to blood and the sun is darkened and and these crazy, scary things that are going to happen just before Christ returns. And, and and that's what Joel is talking about. And, and Peter, in, in referencing that, is talking about the final days of the last days. OK, the legitimate final literal final days of the last days. And so he gives us this warning, he gives the people that he's talking to this warning, there's going to be an end to the last days. Christ is going to come back. Things are going to get scary, things are going to get bad, but remember what he refers to it as? The great and magnificent day. And so he gives this caution to the people and this warning to the people, Christ is going to come back. And there's going to be end to all this. And he follows it up with this invitation that I love. And many of you have probably quoted this verse, but it says, And it shall come to pass that everyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter's saying this. We don't know. He didn't know. And we certainly don't know when the last days are going to come to an end. But when they do, we have one hope that we can stand on. Jesus Christ. And everyone who calls on his name will be saved. And everyone, everyone who has not called on his name will not be saved. That's what the Bible teaches. We have one possible hope, and it's in Christ. And he says, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Two things I want to do as we finish up. It's, it's uh, number one, If man, if, if that verse doesn't apply to you this morning if you never called on the name of the lord if you've never given your life to christ if you've never surrendered and 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 chosen and decided to follow him man i encourage you today today i've been um not to get on a long rabbit trail but i've been reading a lot this last week on the last days and uh, some of the prophecies that have been made in the Old Testament I'm reading this book and, and and looking through it and there's these prophecies that are made in the Old Testament talking about um, specific things that have to take place right before the Lord returns I'm reading this book and it's like I, I keep reading these prophecies and I'm like waiting for the next paragraph for him to say and things are starting to get in order so that that could take place and he hasn't said that yet because every time I read one of these prophecies and I expect him to say things are starting to get in order so that that'll happen. Instead, he writes that happened four years ago. And it's really frustrating me. All right. Um, because I'm so expecting him to say, no, you have plenty of time, Tony. Have a blast. But man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, reading this book and, and I'm not like an in times like freak who's, you know, I'm not like a left behind guy who's like going to stand out and and just you know watch and watch and watch ignore i'm not that okay but as i'm looking at the fulfillment of these prophecies i you know i told shauna last week i just i don't know and this is not a prophecy remember because prophecy is just telling god's word and i'm not doing that right now okay but i just don't know if christ cannot come back this generation i just i don't know okay now certainly he can not come back this generation but as i'm looking at things and the fulfillment of things that have never been fulfilled before i'm just like man lord you are right there and i'm just like okay this is cool and scary and fun and all this stuff so but i tell you that because man if Christ is are hope Christ is are only hope and so if, if you never ever given your life and and committed to follow christ and 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 trust him as the only way and called on the name of the lord man i encourage you today please come talk to me come talk to someone about that and get that right today and today man my hope and my prayer for you is that today you would call on the name of the lord and give him your life and follow him the rest of the days of your life the second thing is man for those of you who have been like me and you struggle with this holy spirit thing and he's kind of like the part of the trinity you just kind of want to Let's just talk about Jesus and and God, because they're fun and we understand them. Uh, man, if if you're kind of like that and you've just been evaluating and thinking through and man, what does this mean? And 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 in the do's and don'ts and all of that only and instead of just submitting to God and saying, man, God, I just want more of you. And I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. We talked about last week the fruit of that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control i have faked all of those things before but i want to be led by the holy spirit so that it is genuine genuine love genuine joy genuine faith and just being directed and guided and led by the holy spirit so that it's god working through me not me working through me not me doing what I know I'm supposed to look like, but God genuinely working through me so that others will see what Christ looks like. Man, I encourage you today as we, as we sing, the band's going to come up and, and we're going to sing. I would encourage you just even just standing there to just pray and ask God to open your heart and pour his spirit into your heart today. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. And God, you know, uh, my week and my time of study this week and, and, uh, Lord, I just uh, I just am so messed up by you so often. You are so far above me, and I just can't make sense out of you sometimes because you're so. your ways are so much higher than my ways, and I, I don't understand the things that you do. Um, and God, I want to come out of this seeking you. I want you, and that's what I want for these people, I want to want you more. I want to love you more. I want to serve you more. I want you to be the greatest treasure in my life. And God, I thank you. You've blessed me and you've blessed all of us with, with amazing treasures. You've given us so much. And and God, I just pray that you would help those things not to be a distraction to me. And God, that, that I wouldn't lose sight of you, even in the midst of loving my wife and my children. That I would want you and love you more. And that I would just live by the Holy spirit that I would set my mind on things above and not on things below that I would open my heart daily. God daily to you to be filled with your spirit, to be directed by you, to be guided by you. Lord, we we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this time. And I pray God that you would just work. and, And I pray that your Holy spirit would work now God, you give understanding. Holy Spirit, you give understanding. You are the helper, and you're the director. And I pray, Lord, that even in um, this time, that you would make sense out of the um, words that I have spoken. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move and work and do what only you can do, and that this would be so much more than me just talking about the Holy Spirit Um, God, that we would be filled with your Holy Spirit and that we would be directed and guided and that we would love you more and we would treasure you more and that we would experience the joy that these early believers were experiencing as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, that we would experience the boldness that they were experiencing as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, that we would experience the unity in the church that they experienced because of your Holy Spirit. I pray for those things. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.